Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the summer of 1981, a man that most of you know as Mr. Hooper, who was an actor on the television program Sesame Street, passed away. And as you can imagine, this was a big deal for those who produced the show that we knew and loved as Sesame Street. The people from the Children's Television Network really had a struggle and a problem on their hands concerning how they would deal with someone like Mr. Hooper and his passing. Because so many of the children, about 10 million of them, who watched the show every day truly loved Mr. Hooper. And so after a lot of debate, by those who run the children television workshop, they spent some time with some children development experts. And this is what they decided to do. And maybe some of you remember. It was Thanksgiving of the following fall. The children's television workshop had decided that they would air the show that would deal with Mr. Hooper's death on Thanksgiving Day. That way the children would have the opportunity to watch that show as it dealt with death from their very own homes. During one of the segments of the show, Big Bird comes out and he's carrying a bunch of pictures that he had personally drawn that resembled all of the cast members of the show. And so he started to pass them out one by one. Sketches that he had made of some of the other cast members of the show, like Gordon and Maria. And Big Bird walks out and says that he can't wait to give all of these beautiful pictures to all of his friends. And he starts passing them out. And the cast members are ooing and eyeing over the likeness of these sketches. And in the end, Big Bird has one sketch left. And it's of Mr. Hooper. And Big Bird turns to the rest of the cast members and says, I can't wait to give this gift to Mr. Hooper. And with that, one of the cast members approaches Big Bird, places his hand on his feathered arm and says, Don't you remember Big Bird? Mr. Hooper died. He's dead. With that, Big Bird says, well then, I'll give it to him when he comes back. And with that, another cast member approaches Big Bird and says, Big Bird, when people die, they don't come back. That is, unless they are a friend of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you this morning that Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of St. John that once Lazarus became ill, some people went to see Jesus, who was a couple of miles away. And what did they say to him? They say, the one whom you love is ill. The Scriptures are quite clear. Lazarus is indeed a friend of Jesus. And even though that is true, and even though he was loved greatly by Jesus, 
which indeed he was, Jesus does something quite unusual. He stays put. He doesn't leave right away to go to the aid of his dear friend Lazarus. In fact, the Bible tells us that he waits two whole days before he comes to see Lazarus. And as we see the story unfold, we see that Jesus does that to teach his disciples and also us about his great power. And His ability to overcome all things, even the death of a friend. I read a story about an elderly couple who had moved out into the country after being married for many years. They loved this beautiful, remote piece of property so much that the man told his wife one day that when he died, he wanted to be buried on that property. And so his wife agreed. Over the course of many years, as they lived out their lives on that beautiful piece of property, they did it with great joy. And then it happened. The old man died. And according to his wishes, his wife made the arrangements with the funeral home and the people who did graves. And so they came out onto the property with their shovels to dig the the grave for this man. But shortly thereafter, the woman got a phone call. It was a member of the crew who had come to dig the grave. And he said, ma'am, we have a problem. And she said, what's the problem? He said, we usually dig graves running east and west. But the way you have it laid out, you want us to dig the grave north and south. And we're not quite sure that we can do that. She said, why not? Why do you usually dig graves that run east and west? Well, the crew member didn't really know that, but he said, I think it's because that way when the Lord comes, people can stand and see Him as He comes. So there was silence on the phone as this woman was thinking about it. She was a very practical and tight woman. She thought about it for several more moments and then said, dig it like I laid it out. When the Lord comes, old Harvey can stand up and just turn around. (laughs) My friends, let's be honest. We don't know a whole lot about the life ever after with our Lord and Savior Jesus. There isn't a whole lot there that we know for certain. But the one thing that we do know through the gift of faith is that one day our Lord will return. Our Lord will come back. And He will call His faithful unto Himself. And they will live with Him forever in eternity. But we also know that as we wait and watch, He calls us to be prepared and to be ready for that time when He comes. And as you know, in this sin-filled world that we live in, that's not so easy. And that's why I say to you today, even though you and I, through the gift of faith, are friends with Jesus, there will come times in our lives, just as it did for Mary and Martha, when our hearts will break. And our souls will sag. 
There was an interesting article that I read not so long ago about something quite interesting that happened in Russian villages of old. In these villages back in the day, a lot of children never made it out of infancy. And so one of the things that they would do there was at the outskirts of almost every village, there was something that was called a mourning hut. And after a woman would lose a child, she would go outside of the village to this mourning hut and she would mourn and grieve for her child for a month. And at the end of these roughly 30 days or so, someone would come out of the village and light that hut on fire. And then that woman who was so full of grief and sorrow would have to make a choice she would have to decide whether to live or die. If she chose to live, she would come out of that burning hut and begin to build another one for the next mother who would mourn. I tell you that sad story because, let's be honest, we live in a sinful world. You and I are sinful people. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And yet, as we see in our reading for today from John chapter 11, there is more. There is hope. And there is life. And certainly that is the focus of our time this morning in God's Word. Because we are friends of Jesus through the gift of faith. Because we know Him personally as our Lord and Savior. We have life. And that life is in abundance. You see, one of the things this text in Scripture teaches us today is that there isn't just life in the ever after, even though indeed there is. It is promised to us by our Lord and Savior Himself. But more importantly, my friends, there is new life here and now, available to us through the forgiveness of our sins. The very forgiveness that God offers to you and to me and to all who believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And that is why Jesus says these words in our text for today, in the midst of death, in the midst of heartbreak, there is life. Why? Because He is the resurrection and the life. And no matter what comes into our lives, whether good or bad, present or in the future, He has the power to overcome all things, including death. And He proved it once and for all when He rose from the dead on that very first Easter morning. One of the reasons He did that is to serve to us as a reminder that because He lives, one day by grace through faith, we are going to live with Him victoriously and triumphantly as well, forever. And because it is so, I'd like you to do me a favor, especially those of you that have small children. The next time you see that big yellow bird, you tell Him from me that when someone dies, they don't come back Unless they are a friend of Jesus. And that, my friends, is who you are. And because that is so, you 
are alive. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.